Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize, brought to you by Forged Iron Stout. Someone was definitely. Are you intoxicated or something? Ross, where's the glasses, man? Where's the glasses? Oh. I'm calling you out. First ever show, man. It's great. Man, uh, we were recording. I was recording the podcast in a different venue, and I left them there instead. So uh, that's on me. Apologies, I don't have my uh, famous iron glasses on. I have my famous in-person interview glasses on. So, uh, look, I have some form of glasses the on. Show, man. It's the you know what? I've dropped the ball. I've dropped the ball. I fumbled the bag, as the kids say these days. <laughs> but sure, look, the show goes on. The show must the go show on. The show must go on, man. We, we couldn't have you without the glasses. So I had to drive all the way over and give Ross them glasses as well. What a, what a good co-host. Man, you, I think I'm the co-host. You're the host. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Welcome back to the show, Ross. We we are uh, we're after doing some great shows in the build up to this finale, Ross. Yeah, the old and forward this season. I uh, had a lot lot of ups and downs. We weren't too sure how it was going to go when uh, it looked like there was going to be a clean sweep at one stage. But uh, look, I think I think it was a good season. I thought uh, the caliber of fights were good, and I feel like you know we're in for a real treat with the finales. We are, and both finales on this weekend's UC two ninety two card in Boston, which is which is great to say, but which is great because we were talking about where will the finales be on. I thought it was going to be on the Apex. Um, you made some up some absolute spoof that the the tough finales are never on the Apex, but I think the last two, if not three, finales have been in the Apex rock. So on a pay per view card, this is a big deal for the boys. Yeah, they're going to be on the ESPN prelims. Um, obviously it's. Brad Katona versus Cody Gibson, and then you have Austin Hubbard versus Kurt Holliba. So, yeah, like two great fights, two fights I'm definitely interested in, and I think UFC 292 has got some great additions to it. Um, I, I know we sort of said beforehand a few times that it was supposed to be at UFC 292, but then when yeah. the last episode airs the week of uh, UFC two, or 292, I was like, oh, maybe it won't be. Uh, but lo and behold, they are at UFC 292. Yeah. <laughs> um, not a lot of time for promotion for the, for the two lads to promote their fight, but uh, here we are here. I suppose maybe you could argue that they had uh, the ultimate fighter and they have had 10 weeks of promotion for their fight. So uh, h- here we are now and uh, on Buzzenford. Braz, what, did you, what, was your, what was your first take on the uh, season itself? And then what about the season finale? I thought the season was good. I thought it was uh, very mature. Mm. Like uh, over, like over the last few years, there's been less uh, messing around, mess, less messing of the cars. Mm. Like imagine they rubbed the wheels off uh, Connor's Lamborghini. That would have been interesting. Um, or else with the fire extinguishers. Just, I'm just, I'm just looking back at all the old seasons. You know, what I mean, I'm a, I'm a tough, I'm, <laughs> a, a tough I'm fanatic. <laughs> that's all i watch i only watch ufc for tough <laughs> but, uh, i don't know it's just that uh, there's been some crazy crazy things going down in them houses over the last few years but uh, it was it was it was quite mature like i think i think because the vets are in the house they know exactly what's on the line whereas um maybe before and different seasons it'd be just people trying to get in mm. so maybe they mess around a bit but uh the likes of your bag of toners, 
Kurt Holobos, like uh, Jason Knights, they know what's on the line and uh, it was all business, baby. Yeah, it really was all business. There was uh, very little snow messing. I just don't think the messing is really as tolerated as it used to be. I think, uh, you know, that jock mentality has gone out the window a little bit and uh, they're all very much professional athletes and that's how, that's how they carry themselves. Um, obviously, one of the big talking points of uh, this week's episodes was we had uh, some, you know, very contradictory uh, dinners. We had a uh, yeah, you know, crawfish in, in a big cylinder or whatever you want to call it, uh, being cooked That's outside. Cool. And okay. then we had uh, McGregor bring his team out for some of the finest steak dinners. Uh, Baz, which which team would you rather been on for <laughs> for uh, the finale dinner? Um. Do you know what? I'm a big seafood fan, so like, I don't, I don't, oh, that's actually really tough. But like, getting it served to you at a table, I think I would have enjoyed that more, maybe. Although yeah, I like the, the camaraderie, chips as well, though. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh no, I just I like the camaraderie in both of them. The way the the house has gone full circle, and um, everyone got to sort of hang out with each other and realize they've been on a, a crazy journey together. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When I actually saw them eating the crawfish, I was like, "That looks less enjoyable than I thought it would." The way they were like, "Oh, you break the legs and then they suck the head off," and I was like, well, I was like "That's the way you yeah, eat well, it." I know, yeah, but uh, I wasn't expecting that. I don't know what, what, why think? it was, but like, I thought it was sort of more lobstery or something. Yeah, than, but you uh, take it out from the shell. Yeah, but I wasn't expecting like to have to do that for each one. I was like, "Oh, that's just like after you eat about five of them, you'd be like, oh, that's, that's just like a pain in the hole." No, you'd be to... going. You could. You'd have way more than five. Like those... No, but I'm saying after five, you get like, but like, oh, it's such effort. It's like a pistachio nut, you know, when they crack it out. Like, yeah, it is. Like... Yeah, it's just like, oh, here, like, no thanks. You could have uh, just asked. You could have just asked Chandler to to open them all for you. You know, I mean, you are a Ross from the Energy Show. That is true. That is brought true, to you but... by Four Star Still. <laughs> Available in Asda, by the way. Yeah, if you don't know, ask Oban Elliot. Um, yeah, and then. Look, I suppose steak dinner like McGregor's steak was like on fire as he was eating it. I've never seen that yeah. before. <laughs> it's pretty ho- sexy. Not yeah, I was hoping you noticed that as well because when I saw all the steaks, I was like, "That one's on fire." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, like I saw some of them and like I was like, oh, "The one on fire looks definitely cooler." Even though like I'd take any of those steaks, they all looked absolutely delicious. And, How uh, much do you think that the, the blazing steak was? I'd say at least one hundred twenty dollars. I'd say. I'd say more than that. Well, who knows? Like, I don't know how big it was. It was just more I could see it was on fire. But, uh, yeah, also, like, it looks like a, a very fancy uh, I don't know, hotel, casino, whichever it was. But anyway, the Fertitta's own it, so, like, you, you know you know, it's only the best of the best. I'd love to experience something like that just, just for the crack, whereas, like, Connor does it, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, constant gourmet food. Yeah, it's just, Jesus Christ. But, uh, another thing, right, this is off... This is off, uh, off tough topic. Oh, slightly, slightly got to do with it. John Kavanagh, right? Don't know if you saw this, but Connor was out for dinner there during the week, and he spent yeah. twenty five thousand dollars, I think it was, on on dinner. But like there, there was a bottle of red wine at the table. Yeah, and, uh, like he zooms in on the red wine. I, I wouldn't be a big red wine connoisseur. I'd like to be honest. I'd rather uh, six cans of Dutch down the back of a field. But uh, or four hours stout, obviously, what am I talking about? But but John commented to him, being like, "Geez, enjoy that bottle of red wine, man. That's uh, that's that's a proper, 
bottle. Okay. Yeah. So uh, John puts up an Instagram story yesterday, uh, Instagram post saying he commented to Connor about the red wine. And then he Connor, said it was hotel room. Connor then sent the red wine to John's hotel room in Madison, in, in New York. Supposedly that bottle's worth five grand. Jesus, fair play. And he also sent a bit of room service while he was there, I think, as well. Like, I think it was more than the bottle of red wine that he got. But uh, I'm sure Sparkler's come with that bottle of red wine, but, but yeah. uh, the, rumor has it, Nate and Kelly, ahead of his fight in PFL, has already necked the bottle of red wine, so John didn't get to enjoy it. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll ask Nate how did it taste, Ross. Yeah, he's, he's going after that Polo Costa vibes. <laughs> Drink the wine to cut the weight. Oh, man. He's, he's a changed man. He goes to New York once, and all of a sudden, he's, he's a wine connoisseur. Mr. MSG. Shout out Nate and Kelly. But uh, yeah. no, that's that's crazy. That's we're we're talking about ballers here, Ross. Yeah, that's that's uh that's big boy moves. Big boy moves. <laughs> oh, I love to see it. Love where'd to I, see where'd, it. Where'd I come from? We're talking about the dinner. Yeah, all oh, the dinner. Oh, yeah. Man. When are, we, are we getting invited to the Christmas party? For you forgetting the glasses, so. I don't know. We might we might just uh, Yeah, we'll we'll be uh, excommunicated. Yeah. Next year's Christmas party though. Yeah. Next year's Christmas party will, will will be there. McGregor Sports Entertainment. We're all over it. <laughs> we're all over it. Um, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, we got a bit of hype for the band of weights uh, um, with uh, Cody Gibson and Bragatona going uh, toe-to-toe in the kitchen in front of Michael Chandler as referee. Yeah, that was... The, the, okay, Brad being known as the diva in the house, uh, the, I think it's actually sort of funny because... Uh, he sort of just tends to do his own thing. Like yeah, he's, he's, he knows, like he knows the, what he's about. Yeah, he seems like one of the least divish characters ever. I think yeah. I think he went into that house after doing tough beforehand, knowing that he has to be quite selfish from time to time, and knowing that it's not a team sport. And people are like, "Oh, you're not on Team Chandler yet." But like, Bracketon has done this and he's won the show. Like he knows how it takes to win the show, and like obviously mentally going in there he was in a stronger place than everyone else hence why he's in the final and other people are not because he knew what it took to win tough and he's not only has done it once he has the opportunity to do it again yeah but look uh roosevelt roberts he he took the selfishness out and then didn't deliver Mm. uh jason roberts oh jason knight sorry excuse me jason knight another person who became too friendly Mm. and and couldn't uh couldn't couldn't deliver couldn't deliver man and um Bragatona, as you said, knows what he's doing. And I think the lads are actually a bit jealous of him, to be honest. Like, I mean, his team is Connor's team. Like, I mean, they're just trying to get into his head. But, like, if any of those fighters' teammates were on the other team, they'd be, like, on the they'd be thinking the same thing. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of them, a lot of them were like, oh, we're blessed to be here, which, like, in a large case, they are blessed to be here. But, like, mm-hmm. Bragatona was more like, I deserve to be here. I'm going to show why I deserve to be here. And I thought Cody Gibson going from... I actually thought it was quite weak. I thought it was very like, oh, everyone in this house, like every single person here doesn't like you. I thought it was like so <laughs> childish. And then like Brad Stone, I thought, handled it so well. It's like, we all hate you, Brad. And like Brad was like, eh, I think some some people here might like me. And then he was... That's what like, I was thinking. I was thinking people yeah, would like <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, I can't imagine like a mass hatred for Bragatona. And then on top of that also, I was like, hold on. I was like, where's Cody Gibson getting this from? Like, why is this the first time we've seen we all hate Brad? You know what I mean? Um, Just not true. And then uh, him being like, you're not a real fighter. You can't handle the toughness. And then 
practice and I was like, yeah, but I've already won this before and you haven't. And also, I said I'd do it again and you were like, oh, I could never do this again. Uh, and then <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, Brad is actually... Sound bites, man. Yeah, Brad is actually schooling him here because at the end of the day, there's nothing to show that Brad isn't tough or like you can say oh maybe he's fought a certain style before but like he just fought Timor there and like went toe to toe with him um, and beat him and a lot of that was on the feet so you can't say like telling someone who has 12 or 13 professional fights who was a world champion in another organization that they're afraid to fight is just absolutely pathetic really and like just obviously not true he's clearly afraid of no one bragged to him let alone Cody Gibson yeah, and yeah, and he and he fought Marab before as well. Yeah, Yugi man of the the bantamweights. Yeah, so I think that's just all a bit silly. Yeah, before we get into UC two ninety two Ross this weekend, I want to look back at last weekend's main event winner, Vicente Luque defeated Ordier boy decision, and we put a poll out after Ross. You ready for this? To see who yeah. do the people want to see Vicente Luque fight next? Next is it either Jack Della Madalena or Sean Brady? Ross, what did the people that voted on the Energize poll that you can vote on every week? Make sure to check it out. What did they vote for? They would like to I'm see. Gonna say Sean Brady. I don't know if you're doing this right or wrong on purpose, bud. But this that is wrong again, bro. Fifty-four percent wanted Jack Della Madalena to take on Vicente Luque next. What you make of that, man? It's, to be honest, and I've said this, Barry, I, I genuinely, like, I'll vote, I'll vote off the poll off my own personal Instagram, and then, like, I genuinely don't look at the results after that. So, like, I, I genuinely do, don't know who wins these polls. Uh, I said to Barry, I don't go back and check. And, like, now it's become a thing, like, I make sure I don't go back and check. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I think both are good good fights in their own right. But, like, I think Jack Della Maddalena is, like, such a cool style fight. Like, he, I know I know he went to the decision in his last fight, but that was, like, sort of short notice. And he yeah. had to, like, fight a week after already cutting the weight. But I think uh, I think he just, he, he bangs anyway. You know what I mean? Like, let Jack Maddalena bang, bro. Uh, and I think he's a very exciting fighter. I think he's obviously the more exciting fighter than Sean Brady. Sean Brady sort of wants to take it down to the ground. Uh, I think... In terms of ranking wise, I think the Sean Brady fight makes more sense. But like, if if you're looking to get the fans excited, Jack Della Maddalena is going to be your go-to guy. Yeah, I think people just like seeing guaranteed stand the boards, and uh, mm. that's that would be something to look forward to. Uh, Ross, before we get into UC two ninety two, we were talking about Connor. The uh, he was over at the Anthony Joshua fight over the weekend as well. Um, that was some crack, wasn't it? Yeah, he came, he caused carnage, and he bounced. Uh, we love seeing that him him feeding Anthony Joshua the four driver style point was absolutely hilarious. It was like a it was like a, a horse trainer feeding a horse uh, about to go do a race. It was it it, it was it was brilliant crack. Uh, obviously, Connor got in there and then he called out KSI afterwards, which was bizarre in its own right. But uh, look, he went over there, made an outrageous amount of headlines. And then left, you know what I mean? So, job done on his behalf. Uh, shout out to the whole Forge Oilers Stout team. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a sponsor get so much traction and so much eyeballs on it in, uh, in one go. They had everyone talk about it. They had uh, Big John Bosch over there. And they had Food Review Club, you know. He, he was uh, obviously a, a Forge Oilers Stout ambassador over there. Even Eddie Hearn was uh, singing, singing the Stout's praises. They all love it. They all can't get enough of it. And uh, obviously, we love it too, Basmo. 
I was just surprised uh, Connor didn't get a spoon out and then like scoop some out at the point and then put it into Joshua's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I have it. It's like a yogurt. Also, uh, you, you actually said to me that it was after uh, the ring announcer when he called out uh, for George Taylor, like he got himself extra hype for it. He was like, the creamiest out in all the world. I was like, he didn't take his top off. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, this is outrageous. Carry on. Fair play, fair play to the team. I'm four hours now taking over, baby. See you at the 2024 Christmas party. Yeah. Ross, UFC 292 is this weekend, right? It is unbelievable, right? Ten years ago, Connor fought Max Holloway in the same arena, and then the, like the event after that was in Dublin. To UC 292, there's obviously going to be a lot of token points in this on this show, but we should start at the very, 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 very top in the main event. Aljamain Sterling, the champion, the re- people think he is potentially the greatest 135-pound UC athlete ever. He's taking on Sugar Sean O'Malley. Ross, what do you make of this fight? And what way do you expect it going? I suppose uh, the storyline going into the fight is Aljamain Sterling is still looking for that notoriety and credibility um, for his achievements. Obviously, he's beat some of the best guys in the sport. He's beaten Henry Cejudo. He's beaten um, Piotr Jan. He's beaten Corey Sandhagen. He is one of the elite of the elites. He, ha- he is definitely in the debate for the greatest bantamweight in UFC history. He, he, he can... And especially with the likes of, you know, TJ Dillashaw popping for EPO and obviously Aljamain Sterling beat him as well. Uh, you know, Cody Garbrandt, when he won the belt, he sort of fell off a bit. You know, Dominic Cruz has maybe sort of fallen past his uh, peak, so therefore people's perception was probably lowered, especially some of the newer fans. So look, Aljamain Sterling seems to be a dominant champion at the moment. I know he won the belt in a bit of a unfashionable manner, but He's kept it ever since, and I think his his game is so unique, and I think he he definitely has that uh, has that ability to go down in history as one of the best ever. Uh, I know he's sort of teasing also that like the weight cuts are getting a bit much for him, and he might move up to featherweight. Him versus Volk would definitely be an exciting fight if that's what they want to do next. And I suppose on the other side, Sean O'Malley, he was this hype train. People were saying he he was being mildly coddled by the UFC. Um, he had that loss to Cheeto Vera, which, like, he sort of says doesn't count. Um, and then, like, he's gone on, you know, <laughs> he fought P- Pedro Munoz, and that one, uh, I don't know, I can't even remember if that was given a no contest or shot on how he won, but, like, he he, he rolled his uh, ankle really bad in that fight. But then, you know, he went out and beat uh, Piotr Jan, which some people still think Piotr Jan won as well. So, like, Sean O'Malley has been, like, sort of marred in controversy in the octagon, but look, there's no doubt about it. He he is an absolute uh, unique talent. He's obviously long and rangy. Uh, he's got lots of power in his hands. And Sean O'Malley summed it up himself. Um, he was like, my job is not to get grabbed, and Aljamain Sterling's job is to grab me. So obviously, you know, it gets a bit more complex than that, but like that's the, the ifs and buts of the game. Sean O'Malley wants to keep the fight on the feet, keep Aljamain Sterling at range and Aljamain Sterling wants to grab uh, Sean O'Malley and get his back and look for the finish. That's that's the tail of the tape for those two and I can't wait to see it play out. I love it. Well done, man. That was great. Um, I'm going to just look at the fighters a tiny bit more, okay? Yeah, go for it. 
Alterman Sterling, people are saying he's potentially the greatest in the bantamweight division. The only other person, sorry, that can that can sort of hold a candle to his record is Dominic Cruz. Uh, this is brought up to Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley said, "Look, I think Sterling would definitely kick uh, Dominic Cruz's ass." So then you're sort of looking at O'Malley, like O'Malley's like he's a big. You can tell he's a big fan of the, the fight game. He keeps his eye on the pulse of everything. And he's sort of like hyping up Sterling in this. He's not saying Sterling shit or hasn't got any game here, there, or everywhere. He like he's almost complimenting Sterling in the build up to this fight, which is um it's a different sort of spin. Like, do you think he's trying to trick Sterling, confuse him? Well, what way? What way do you see Sean O'Malley sort of spinning this fight? Well, I think I think he's doing the right thing. I think he's doing what's necessary for his brand so like he downplayed other opponents who he's fought who he says are trash because he's on the way up but as he gets towards the upper echelon when he's fighting Piotr Jan he was saying how great he was but he was saying how great he was because he knew if he won he got a title shot now he's fighting one of the best bantamweights in the history of the sport and of course if he builds him up to be one of the best of all time if he builds him up to be the greatest of all time and then he beats him then he puts himself in that spot he puts himself down as one of the greatest of all time i never think if you're the challenger downplaying the champion is ever a good idea you should build them up to be one of the best fighters of all time because if you can go in there and get your hand raised then you walk out as one of the best fighters of all time and you've taken that scalp there's no point downplaying someone because then when you win you can't really go back and go no they're actually great i was only messing yeah it could be as well to like get more people to be more invested into sean's opponent because mm. uh, we know that the audience sean brings he's like an honorary nelk boy at this stage um if i had to call it now like i mean you broke it down really really well so it's it's either alderman takes the back of sean amali like it gets a knockout i've got i've like i'm a massive fan of sean um, majority of the time, I'm wrong at picking winners, but I mean, Aljamain Sterling, I think, is just he's riding a wave right now, like in his prime. Yeah, he really, really is. I think Sean O'Malley, he can put anyone's lights out in this division. Uh, I think the longer the fight goes on, the more it favors Aljamain's out. So, look, I probably agree with you. I think it's a big, tall ass for Sean O'Malley, but again, he is the type of character that can easily defy the odds. Yeah. The place would blow up if Sean O'Malley wins. Mm. Just, uh, I think he said he was like sixty-eight percent Irish. Mm. Um, when we had him on the show, and we asked him, like, <laughs> is, does he know anything about his Irish background? He said he has to get it done. But suppose he's sixty uh, percent Irish. Well, he's, he we've seen him with the Troy color. Yeah, he'll be walking in with the Troy color this weekend, bro. Don't get that wrong. Yeah. Uh, Wadey Zhang in the comment event versus Amanda Lemos for the women's strawweight world title. Uh, Ross, what way did you see this one going down? Yeah, well. Look, I think uh, Wei Li Zhang, when she lost the belt, it was, it was, it was a shock uh, yeah. when when Rose Namajunas beat her, and you know a lot of people would still say she is the best strawweight. Um, and look, Lemos is a, uh, she she's got some great wins on her record. Like obviously, she you know she's beaten the likes of Angela Hill, and then in this current run, she has finishes over Michelle Waters and, and Marina Rodriguez. And at the time, I'm pretty sure Marina Rodriguez was streaking. I'm pretty sure she had four or five wins on the trot, uh, leading into that one. So like, she I think it was more built that uh, Rodriguez was going to be the number one contender, and then Lemos went and stole that crown, and she's now fighting Wei Li Zhang for that strawweight title. I think obviously. Maybe a little bit on the radar, 
probably due to you know neither woman speaking uh, very good fluent English. But uh, look, ever since uh, Whaley went back and uh, finished Carlos Barza, took back her strawweight uh, championship. She looks dominant. Like she also finished on in J Check last year as well. So like she obviously is the elite of the elite. Uh, the only slip up in her UFC career is Rose Nami Yunus. Um, I favor uh, Wei Li Zhang to get the finish here. I think um, she's definitely the better um, from what we've seen so far. But again, you never know what might happen. Um, you know she's she's been knocked out. And she's been submitted at uh, Lemos, so like it's going to be very interesting to see. You know, can she can she hang in there with Wei Li Zhang? Because Wei Li Zhang, we've seen her; she's she's one tough cookie. She loads people on the feet. She's good on the ground. She can do it all. Yeah, this is a great card for Wei Li Zhang to be on the card, uh, like uh, featuring as well, because like she's in between. Um, the main event and Ian Machado Gary taking on Neil Magny. I know we broke it down a lot last week, Ross, but like just this weekend, what's it, what's you make of the hype that's been behind Ian in the build up to this fight? Like he's been on the mic saying he's selling this card. It's uh it's gonna be a big weekend for Irish MMA. Yeah, well, like he he is one of the pillars of European MMA. Um he's definitely leading the charge for Irish MMA at the moment. Uh obviously We've had Sean O'Bannon follow in. We've had Reese McKee and Kaylin Rockran who are fighting in Paris in two weeks' time. Like, he's definitely, you know, the creme de la creme at the moment. I think, you know, he obviously was hyping up the Jeff Neal fight. He did the teacher thing. I thought it was funny. Um, I'm not really against it. I think, you know, his mugshot's on public record or whatever, and he's building some hype for the fight. Um, I actually don't even know what he's arrested for, but, like, I don't think it was anything too sinister. And then you obviously have um, him now fighting Neil Magny. And this is the fight that he called for in the first place. So I think, let's go. I think um, with Ian Gary fighting this weekend and Brad Gatone fighting this weekend, I think it's one of the most sort of um, underrated weekends of the year in Irish MMA. You know, Ian Gary has a chance to cement himself in the top 10 in the UFC welterweight division. Uh, I think he's probably the biggest character in the UFC welterweight division, and uh, probably himself and Colby Covington. Uh, and Connor. Toto for that. Toto for that. Uh, if you want to include Connor, throw him in there too. But uh, Ian Gary's making waves. He is one of the most talked about. He is must see TV. And then also on that card, you have Brad Tona trying to create history, trying to become tough, tough champ, champ. Uh, I'm, I'm dying to see this card. I think this card is going to be phenomenal. It's in the TD Garden in Boston. And like you said at the start, when Connor went to Boston and beat Max Holloway, he brought it back to Dublin to fight Diego Brandeo. And let's see Ian Gary go beat Neil Magny in Boston and then bring it back to Dublin and maybe fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I'd be all over that. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Uh, a few people on the card as well, Ross. Marlon Vera versus Pedro Munoz. Chris Wyman versus Brad Tavares. And um, as you said, there is... The ultimate fighter finale fights, which we cannot wait to see. Um, Give us your predictions for those, Basil. Who, who's who's being crowned tough champs? I'm going to go with Kurt Holliba and Brad Gatona, man. I actually think the same. I actually thought you were going to pick Austin Hubbard, but uh, I'm actually sort of up for Kurt Holliba, especially after uh, the Lee Hammond fight. Yeah, the, that, that cooking as well, that, that's the key to my heart. Russ. 
I think that sort of like um, wraps up 12 weeks of tough mania. <laughs> yeah, look, the Ultimate Fire, uh, it was great to have it back on the screens. It, it was great to watch it. Um, really liked the way it was on UFC Fight Pass, just made it so easy to watch. Yeah. Um, great Thanks to UFC Fight Pass for that as well, by the way. And Forge Irish Day. Yeah, Forge Irish Day was all over this season. I feel like Forge Irish Day was over every event. Yeah. Uh, in combat sports at the moment we love to see it it's great to see um thanks for all the support in the show i think we're going to continue to do wednesday shows going forward and uh, who knows what sort of content we're, go- we're going to be bringing but uh keep your eyes peeled on the uh instagram page that's where sort of that's the whole of all things energized at the moment and um, thanks for being um like share subscribe and as always stay, stay energized. energized show up the irish been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you've done some interviews with Dylan Moran and that. But I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.